0: Praise the Lord, East Wind. We are so glad that you have joined us tonight for our Saturday night broadcast. And we're excited to share with you a message that Bishop Myers preached in 2014. It's a great message titled, Let's Nail It Down. And I know that you're going to be blessed. So why don't you just gather around and let's just see what God will do as he speaks into our lives through Bishop Myers tonight.
1: I want you to look in James 1 8 and it's a very simple verse and it simply says this a double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways James 1 8 if you have your Bibles and want to turn there you're welcome to do so but I'm going to use this as a sort of a springboard text to talk to you here tonight about some things that I feel is very important in our walk with God Because I honestly believe that as we serve the Lord, we have to come to the place where there are some things we simply settle in our minds and in our hearts if we're going to be the people of God and the child of God that God would have us to be. Some things you just got to solve, you just got to settle it down. You've got to resolve this is the way it's going to be with me as far as my walk with God. And I have chosen here a few subjects here that I'm going to point out to you. And if we can ever settle on these things, it will help us to someday walk streets of gold. If you will just settle some things in your heart that you are going to live by and you're going to do and you're going to walk with God and trust in his word, uh, you'll hear the trumpet sound one day. Praise the Lord. If, if the Lord should tarry, uh, doesn't tarry, he should come. Uh, we'll hear the trumpet and the Lord, and we'll be taken up in the rapture when the Lord comes. Praise the Lord. I want to talk to you, first of all, about a thing that uh, I've been toying around with here lately in my own mind, and that is, and I hear a lot of this stuff floating around, and it's about the theory of evolution. Now, I'm not a big person who studies a lot about the theory of evolution because first of all i know that it's not true i know it is a theory it has been a theory always has been a theory never is more than just a theory which means it's something that can it's possible but we don't have any proof of it and so therefore it always stays in the test tube It's always a theory that's never been proven, never has been made factual, and it never will because it's based upon a lot of things that are actually lies. And so I want to talk to you for a few moments about it, and I want to refer to a scripture, if you would, with me over. in first of all, I'm going to start with a scripture over uh, in the the book of Psalms, and uh, Psalms 14.1, I'm going to read two verses, and they're identical. They're both in Psalms, Psalms 14.1 and Psalms 53.1. And uh, if you'll allow me to read these verses of scripture here, and uh, I firmly believe the Bible is, is true. I believe the Bible is authentic. I believe it's the infallible word of God. You know, I had a guy one time tell me, he said, Brother Myers, he says, the Bible is not true. It has errors in it. And I said, "Well, I may be some maybe a little error here and there, but the translators themselves may have made." No, no, he says they made. For instance, he said, and this is what he said to me. He said to me, he said, uh, for instance, over in the book of Matthew, Mark, and Luke, it says Jesus was crucified such and such an hour. But when you go to the book of John, the hours are altogether different. Jesus was crucified at a way a different hour. I said, "Do you know why?" He says, no, I sure don't. I said, because John went by the Roman time, Matthew, Mark, and Luke went by the Jewish time. The Jewish clock began their day at 6 p.m., and that's the time they used. They had four watches, therefore the first hour was always starting around what we know of as 6 o'clock. And I said, whenever John wrote his book, Israel had already been been destroyed as a nation. Jerusalem had been destroyed and, and so forth. All of that had been destroyed. Therefore, whenever John wrote his book, the Jewish clock had no meaning whatsoever. John wrote his last. He wrote his probably 20 to 30 years after the others had written their gospel books. John was the youngest of the disciples and lived the longest. When some of them had already died, John was still living or not died at all. They were all martyred. John was the only one that lived out of full old age. So here was a man in his older years then was recording and writing the gospel books and what he wrote, he wrote it according to Roman time. And it works out right. Roman time is like our time. The day starts at at midnight. Midnight, the first minute after midnight is morning. And okay, and so you go through that. That's the Roman time. When you calculate that all up, it all comes out the same. Praise the Lord. But you see how people can get all bent out of shape thinking that the word of God is not right or it contradicts itself. I want to stand here and just tell you here today, you can trust the word of God. You can trust the Bible. Praise the Lord and uh, so there are people that you know said oh well this or that and they try to come up with things charles darwin put forth a, uh, an idea of this uh, evolution theory uh, back in 1859 uh, he was not the first the theory of evolution goes way on back the uh, the the egyptians believed in the theory of evolution they thought everything came from a little white worm that was in the nile river they said that was the beginning of all life so evolution's been around a long time. Charles Darwin just simply uh, brought it, sort of brought it to the forefront, focused on it uh, back uh, over about 150 years ago, and uh, then he presented it and put it in a book called *The Origin of Species by Means of Natural Selection*. That was the famous book he wrote that all of your agnostics and all of your atheists wanted to jump on. And they wanted to believe that. And consequently, whenever they did that, uh, they wanted to believe it. Charles Darwin went on with his life and uh, he was a biologist and so forth and, uh, and so forth. Later on in his older years, he denied and recanted most of what he wrote in that, in that book. But you never hear about that. Some of you ever want to research it, it's a wonderful research. But Charles Darwin actually denounced most of what he wrote in that book that caused the world who, wanted to, did, not, who did not want to believe in God or the, the Bible to jump on that. Now, I, I've, read, I've had you turn here to the 14th chapter of the book of Psalms, verse 1. It says, The fool has said in his heart, there is no God. The fool has said in his heart, there is no God. They are corrupt. They have done abomination. abominable works. There is none that doeth good. The fool has said in his heart, there is no God. And then <clears throat> that same scripture is also quoted again in 53, one. The fool has said in his heart, there is no God. Amen. So you've got two places here in Psalms where it says the fool has said in his heart, there is no God. Now go to Romans chapter 1 with me. This is a very interesting uh, portion of scripture. Romans chapter 1 and verse 18. I want to show you here what Paul had to say about knowing that there is a God that has made all things. Praise the Lord. Look at Romans 1.18. For the wrath of God is re- uh, re- revealed from heaven against all ungodliness... And unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness now look at this 19th verse because that because that which may be known of god is manifest in them for god hath showed it unto them you mean these people back there they knew that there was a god and how did they know there was a god The Bible here says that God made it known unto them. The word manifest means to make known. So when you read this 19th verse, because that which may be known of God is made known in them. How is that? For God hath showed it unto them. How did God show his greatness and who he was back there to all of those people that were heathen or whatever they were? And verse 20 here says, for the invisible things of him. Invisible things. What's invisible things? The spirit world. Praise the Lord. The things about God. You know, you don't, we can't see God. Where is God? You know, he, he doesn't come around, you know. We only know him through Jesus Christ. You know, where is God? We don't see him. He doesn't show up. The spiritual things are unseen by our eyes. And so consequently, he's saying here, Paul's saying here is in the twentieth verse, for the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen. How? Being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead is understood, so that they are without excuse. Now here's what Paul is writing here in this in, in, in Romans here. Is that people who try to say there is no God open your eyes look around you look at the things that exist look at the heavens above you know how did they get there you know I had a guy one time tell me he said well there's no God he said you know it just happened that was a Big Bang Theory I said what brought on the Big Bang you know uh, he said, "Well, everything exploded." And every, I said, "Everything? Where? Where did the thing that exploded come from? You know? Well, it was you know, it's all of these. these is all this matter. Where did the matter come from? How did it get here to start with? I mean, you can talk about all the stars and the suns and the moons and the planets and the comets and everything else, but where? Who put them here to start with?" I don't care what you say and how far back in time you want to go. You could go back a zillion years, but you're going to have to come back to a place where there's going to have to be a God who made something out of nothing. Praise the lord and that's why genesis 1 1 says in the beginning you know god created the heavens and the earth he created the heavens and the earth and the earth was that form of board the darkness of uh, the darkness developed upon the face of the deep and so forth but what i'm pointing out is that god created all of these things praise the lord he's the creator of it all but they try to make it where <clears throat> that god did was not even there he wasn't anywhere around therefore God never did anything at all and so they come up with this thing here called the evolution you know me uh, this is an interesting thing uh, how many of you are aware of the earth bubble that they were going to send out of space and put it on maybe the moon you know how I many mean, of you are aware of that earth bubble I see a few hands alright aware uh, that they were going to make it they created a, a, a sort of a bubble that they were going to send into space they were going to put it on the moon and they could put man in the bubble and he could live like he lives on earth. He's got the proper air to breathe. He's got the oxygen. all oh, they got the water, got the soil. The, they got everything. They had it all together. They, they, it cost them billions to build it. Do You know what? They finally came to the conclusion of it wouldn't work. You know why? There was no wind. You got to have wind for the plants to be able to, you know, to discard the seed. The, the the plants wouldn't grow. They had to have wind. They couldn't they couldn't create wind. Well, duh, that's God that does all of that. God made this world perfect, folks. And when man tries to duplicate these things because he thinks there is no God, he gets himself into a lot of trouble. So billions of dollars now has been spent On a project they they have simply abandoned now. This has happened just in the last week or so. They've completely, it's in Reader's Digest. That's where I was, in Reader's Digest. This new issue of Reader's Digest. And uh, they've abandoned the idea because they said that they realized it wouldn't work. They cannot create the atmosphere in which is part of the earth as well. Praise the Lord. I I want you to look, you're in Romans there. uh, Go to the book of... uh, psalms again i want you to look at psalms uh 19 and verse 1. david said this way back there the same thing that paul says in the first chapter of romans and this is 19 1. the heavens declare the glory of god and the firmament showeth his handiwork look at that it says the heavens declare the glory of god And the firmament showeth his handiwork day unto day uttereth speech. Look at there's talking to us. Those things we look at them and they don't talk like we talk, but they're telling us this is the handiwork of God. There's a God behind those things. There's a God who made all of this. Man didn't evolve from a, a little old amoeba, you know, one cell little old thing that splits and then it splits again. And that's not what man came from. These are theories that are crazy and wild, you know. Amen. I'm going to show you some things in a moment here. Day unto day uttereth speech and night unto night showeth knowledge. There is no speech nor language where their voice is not heard. This is, we're talking about all the creations of God, not only in outer space, on this earth, things that are right here around us. You see, what man sometimes thinks is evolution is actually the wisdom of God that is in the DNA of a species of some type. It may be vegetation, it may be an animal of some type, but it's something that God has programmed in there. They look at it and they see a process developing and they say, oh, that species is reaching for higher ground. It's not reaching for higher ground. It's how God has programmed that species and put his wisdom there. I remember years ago, uh, my uh, children were little children. They were were literally children back then. And uh, we went to the Florida camp meeting in Ocala. And there was a little old tree that probably wasn't any higher than that. The microphone standing over there, a little old tree. And lo and behold, in the middle of all of these children playing in this camp, going on everything, they discovered a little nest with a bird in it. And it had a little jaybird in it. A little blue jay, I mean, blue jay. And uh, the kid said to me, Dad... Can we take it home? And, and you know, I'm I'm tall enough. I can reach in there and just pluck the nest out and the little birds in it. You know, and I don't know where the mother is. I'm just. Can we take it home? They kept going, Yeah, we gotta take it home. We got it. All right, all right. We'll take it home. What are you gonna do with it? They said we're gonna raise it. We're going to feed it, and we're going to do this, and we're going to do that. And I said, it will work. They said, yes, it will. Yes, it will. We'll take good care of it, and we'll feed it, and we'll give it bottle, and we'll give it this and that and everything. I said, all right. They might as well learn, right? So I said, all right. So they took the little, the little the blue jay home with them, baby blue jay, and they fed it, and they did this and that and everything, everything like that. And then one day they looked, the, and It had died. It had died. Now here it is with human brains, my wife, myself, I was least least involved, but there's these two children, I mean, they're smart kids, you know, one of them's your pastor now, you know, <laughs> One's the, one is the principal of an elementary school, they're smart kids. And, and, and here's a little old blue jay mother bird that with a, with a head, I mean, her brain can't be no bigger than a marble, and a little head, but she knows how to take care of that baby. God put it in there. And God has done great things in all the things he's created. And man tries to say, oh, there is no God. That's that species that's beginning to develop. No, no, no. That's the DNA that God has programmed wisdom in that species so that it will do what God has designed it to do. I'm going to show you a picture here. I'm talking about evolution right now. I got, uh, where's Harry? Harry, thank you. Harry took these pictures for me in my backyard. I'm going to show you a picture here of a plant. I think they call it a pink lady. If I got it right, ladies, anybody know what this flower is called? If I got it right, pink lady? I never have known why it's called pink lady because it's not pink. It's sort of red copper looking. But this is a a plant that grows outside of my backyard. It just grows up and up. And as it grows up, it just puts on a lot of beautiful leaves we've got them out front here when you walked in the front door it's to your left as you walked in as you walk out it'll be back to your right just as you walk through the, uh, under the the over, uh, hang, hang part anyhow this plant it just grows that little stalk just keeps going up and up and up and up and it just keeps growing and it is so pretty and and everything and then something very strange and weird begins to happen now here's what happened in this case it begins to lean over and it'll just lean and it'll just lean and and I kept looking out my window at this thing and I'm leaning at it looking at it leaning I said God you didn't make the stalk strong enough God you put all you put everything at the top of this plant and, and it just won't hold it I mean God doesn't make mistakes right and this thing is just going wrong, wrong. We're just going further and further. Not all at one time. Just little by little by little. That thing starts sagging way over. One day, I was out behind this little waterfall thing that I've got there at the end of my pool. And I saw where one had fallen all the way over. And it was sprouting these things all down the stalks. They were going up. There's three of them right here on this one. In other words, if I want to get in there and save that plant, I could put, prop it up. But if I leave it alone, that thing will go on over and begin to sprout up all over that stalk. And it would just almost make a little forest. Are Are you with me? In other words, what I thought was a weakness was no weakness at all. It was God had it already programmed that whenever that thing goes over, it's going to grow a different way. And when it grows a different way, if you leave them alone and don't touch them, they're here, they're there, they're everywhere. They're all over the place. They just keep spreading. It's God's way, praise the Lord, of advancing that species and protecting that species. And it's all programmed in the species, and the species don't have any brain at all. It can't think, it can't decide to do that. And you can't tell me, oh, that plant, it, 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 it is it's evolving. No, it isn't. It doesn't know nothing. It knows nothing. But God has programmed in its DNA just to react to the sun and to the wind and to the uh, whatever water that it will begin to work and operate a certain way. And the reason I'm telling you that, folks, is that if you can ever make up your mind, God, praise the Lord, is in control of everything. There is nothing that God is not in control of. Praise the Lord. With all these theories, and we read about them, and we hear about them. Let me take these off the screen. Well, I'll just leave it there. I don't know if you can see that. I didn't really. Anyhow, there's three of them. There's one way over here in the back in the backside, but. If we can just make up our mind, God, we are going to believe in you. We're going to trust in you. We're going to follow your word. We know that you do everything right and well. Praise the Lord. And whatever it is, Lord, if your word states and declares that you made the heavens and the earth, then so be it. Now, let me just give you a, let me give you something. I want you to go with me to the eighth chapter of the book of Genesis with me for a moment. I don't even have these in my notes, but I know it's there. Genesis 8. I want to show you something here. This is where Noah came out of the ark. And uh, the Lord was talking to him. And uh, the Lord said, I'm going to make a covenant with you. And everything that's living. And uh, he says in the 22nd verse, this is the last verse in chapter 8 of uh of the book of the the book of genesis this is all about noah coming out of the ark now and everything has been destroyed and now the lord has said to noah come on out of the ark and everything and look what he says in verse 22 and folks if you've got your bible put a ring around this verse because it'll help you not to be fearful Not to be scared, not to be upset when you hear all kinds of reports and stories coming across even our news, our major news networks. Now here's what it says. While the earth remaineth seed time and harvest and cold and heat and summer and winter and day and night shall not cease that's why jesus said let not your heart be troubled praise the lord you know if you say oh we're, we're fixing to go into a, a deep freeze there's going to be an ice age coming or somebody else says we're going to have it's going to be that everything is warming up everything's getting hot, too hot There's going to be a melting of all of the ice caps and we're going to have floods and the waters are going to come up and and everything. Move away from the coast of Florida. Forget all that stuff. You know why? Because it says here in the Bible, it says it in the book, Praise the Lord, that seed time and harvest and cold and heat and summer and winter and day and night shall not cease from there. I know that could be a tidal wave here or there. I know that could be a hurricane here or there. That could be a volcano eruption here and there. That's always been, always will be. Praise the Lord. But I want you to know that we don't have to live in fear that the world is somehow or another coming to its end. It is only as God has designed it. If you want to read about the end of the world, then read the book of Revelation. It's all in there. But it's God doing it. Praise the Lord. Now, i tell you all of that so that you understand here that I do not believe in this thing about evolution. There may be a little evolution of species, but that's only the wisdom of God within a species. That's the wisdom of God being manifested. Praise the Lord. Well, I don't know if if I got across to you on that, but nevertheless here, settle in your heart. Now, let's lay it down. I do not believe in evolution. I do not believe that things just evolved of itself, but that God was the creator of everything that exists, and his word is true, and therefore, I nail it down. So, let's nail it down. Amen. Praise God. All right, let me move on here now. <laughs> Where's Jimmy? I'm only kidding, Jimmy. <laughs> alright, alright, all right. just have a little fun here. Praise God. Now let me talk to you about the plan of salvation for a moment. I want you to look at Acts uh, 2.38 for just a moment. Acts chapter 2 verse 38 is a very simple verse. It's a foundational verse of scripture. And, uh, it's one that I think that we must never forget because in it is found the plan of salvation. Acts chapter 2 verse 38. Let me just uh, throw some things at you here if I can today, tonight. And it says here, these Jewish people asked Peter here, verse 37. Now when they had heard this, they were pricked in their hearts and they said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, they were all there. In other words, if Peter said something wrong, the others could have been there and said, wait a minute, Peter, you're not doing it right. You're not saying it right. Nobody said that. And so Peter and the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? That's what this multitude asked him whenever they saw the baptism of the Holy Ghost falling upon them. Look at verse 38. Then Peter said unto them, repent. And be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Now there's a plan of salvation. It's so very simple. Repent. What's repentance? Repentance is having remorse for my past life, for my sins, for what I've done. And it's a turnaround thing. That's why the Bible says in some places God repented that he had made man. God didn't say, oh, I'm sorry I made man. He didn't do that. But what God did, he had a change of attitude. So when we repent of our sins, not only do we must have remorse or say, I'm sorry about my past and my sins, but we have to turn away from that. If I'm, if I'm going this way and I'm living like the devil and I come to the place where I repent and say, God, forgive me of my sins. I have to turn about and have to do what's right. I have to go a different way. In other words, I start going to church. I start living for God. I start going to prayer meetings, you know. I start living right because that's repentance. If I say, oh, I'm so sorry that I've done what I've done. They then get up and go and keep on doing the same thing. Then my repentance is not complete. And that's what some people do. You know woman said she wanted prayer one time i said what do you need prayer for she said i'm an alcoholic i want to be prayed for i said fine i'll pray that god will take away the alcoholism in the meantime don't you ever touch it again and she says i want to be healed of being an alcoholic everything but she says i don't want to give up totally alcohol i want to be able to have social drinks now and then i said you don't want to give up alcohol you just don't want to be an alcoholic you want to be healed of being an alcoholic you understand what i'm saying Praise the Lord. Do we have to say, God, amen, I want to live for you with all of my heart and all of my soul. Praise the Lord. Give my whole heart to you and to live for the Lord. So repentance is doing an about face thing. And so here, uh, Peter told them, says, you repent uh, for the remission of sins. The remission of sins, it means your sins are taken all away. Uh, We can have forgiveness sometimes, but forgiveness doesn't mean it's all taken away let me give you an example here if i owed a light bill and i went down to florida power and i said i can't pay my light bill now this won't happen don't try it <laughs> if i went down there and i said the power florida power or whoever was behind the desk i can't pay my light bill this month and i've been there i've been you know what that's like some of you have too and uh, i said i can't pay my light bill this month and they said oh you're forgiven for paying it this month just pay it two months next month, okay? i I say, all right, thanks, that's fine. They forgave me of not paying it this month. But if I go in there and I say, I can't pay my light bill this month, they'll say, don't worry about it, it's been remitted. That means it's all done away with, you don't owe it. So when Jesus Christ died on Calvary and shed his blood and he made that paid that price for us that we might be saved and I repent of my sins and I'm baptized in Jesus name for the remission of sins my sins are all taken away I have no more sins and that's a wonderful thing folks it doesn't mean I can't sin you can go out the next day and you can commit sin you know you may go out and do something but along the way we say Jesus us, but you don't have to get baptized over again you just keep repenting you just say, God, forgive me. I shouldn't have spoken that way, the way I did. I shouldn't have said what I did say. I shouldn't have acted the way I acted, you know? In other words, we keep it right as we go along. But that wonderful, wonderful forgiveness of God and remission of sins is a powerful thing that is brought out here in this Acts chapter 2 in verse 38. He says here, repent, and the Bible talks about repentance. It says, God once winked at iniquity, but now calleth all men everywhere to repent. Jesus once spoke to the Jews there in his day, and he said, except you repent, you shall all likewise perish. So repentance is essential. Jesus says it twice, twice in one place. He says, except you repent, you shall all likewise perish. And those who did not repent and turn to him they did perish that's exactly what did happen and I'm just telling you here today that the Lord recalls upon us to repent I don't care what your background what it is folks you can be have been mean as a snake but if you'll say God I'm so sorry about for what I've done Jesus I, I, I I've been a rascal please forgive me of my sins and pour your heart out to God and fully repent And have the remorse in your heart that I've done what is wrong. And say, I'm not ever going to do that again. I'm going to live a different life. I'm going to walk with God. The Lord will forgive you of your sins. Praise the Lord. And he wants you to be baptized in his name to have your sins washed away. Praise the Lord. Then the Bible says here in Acts 2.38, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ to be baptized in his name there's a scripture over in the book of revelation that says that we are we our sins are washed away by the blood of jesus christ when paul was going to be baptized the uh, lord spoke to him and said paul arise and go into the into damascus and there'll be a man there to tell you what to do be it was ananias and he said he'll tell you what you got to do and he said rise and, and ananias said to him arise and be baptized washing away your sins so when you're baptized in water praise the lord your sins are washed away not by the water but by the blood of jesus christ hallelujah and it's for the remission of sins that's when the blood is applied so jesus died on the cross he shed his blood anybody can be saved but in order to apply that Praise the Lord. To apply that, I have to say, Jesus, forgive me, and we have to be baptized in the name of Jesus. Praise the Lord. And our sins are all washed away. In that Old Testament, when they came out of Egypt, and they were to leave the old Egypt behind, like you and I leave the world behind when we come to God. And they were to to walk with the Lord from that point on. They killed the Passover lamb. Jesus Christ was the fulfillment of the Passover lamb. In fact, he was crucified the eve of the Passover That's why John the Baptist said behold the Lamb of God that taketh away the sin of the world So Jesus Christ was the fulfillment of the Passover lamb. Back then, they killed the Passover lamb, they took the blood of the lamb, and they applied it to the doorpost of their house. So the death angel would pass over that night. If they didn't, if the death angel saw the blood, then he passed over. In other words, he did not take the life of the oldest son in that family. And if he did see the blood, he would pass over. If he did not see the blood, then the oldest son in that family would perish or would die from the greatest to the least, least, from Pharaoh's house, right on down to, to, the, to the very lowest servant that they had. All of that because there had to be the application of the blood. It wasn't enough that Jesus died on Calvary. You understand what I'm saying? It wasn't enough that he shed his blood. We have to apply the blood. We have to apply it, and it's applied in baptism. So I repent of my sins, praise the Lord. I am baptized in the precious and wonderful and lovely name of Jesus. Hallelujah. And the blood of Jesus Christ washes away all of my sins. And folks, it'll give you a spring in your step, a joy in your heart. It'll take away a lot of things in your life. Amen. And it'll give you, praise the Lord, something to live for. Hallelujah. It's the greatest thing in the world, praise God. And the Lord says that this is what I have for my people and for anyone who wants to become a child of God. Now, those are things we have to nail down. We have to say, Lord, I believe your word. I believe your scripture. I believe it. Hallelujah. So, you know, I don't say, I know Matthew 28, 19 says, go get in all the world baptizing in the name of the Father, Son, and the Lord. I'll be honest with you. When I was first saved, when I was first saved, I was 16 years old. Man, I plagued me. I couldn't figure that out. I said, well, here's scriptures now. Here's Acts 238 that says be baptized in Jesus' name. And then there's there's 8.16, Acts 8.16, that says that I must be baptized in Jesus' name. And then there's Acts uh, 1048, brother, that says I have to be baptized in Jesus' name. And then there's Acts 19:5 that says, I should be baptized in Jesus name. Baptized in Jesus name. But why is Matthew 8, 19, uh, Matthew 28, 19 there? They say, you go, you know, we're baptizing in the name of the Father and the Son, the Holy Ghost." Man, I tell you what, that thing went around and around in my head, I just couldn't figure it out. I'd say to somebody, would you explain this to me? I was only 16 years old, just saved. I didn't hardly know my right hand from the left. And I said, would you explain that to me? And they'd go, ta, 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 and say, okay, well, this way and out this way. You know, that was it. It was just, I couldn't grasp it. And it wasn't, I thought, I guess I'm just a little bit dense. I don't know. I don't quite get it. So uh, I'd go, uh, go a while and so I'd say to somebody, I'd say, would you explain this verse of Scripture to me? And, and they'd talk and explain, blah, 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 blah. And I still couldn't grasp it. And one day I'd been praying about it and I'd say, God, you show me. And I was reading my Bible. I was just sitting there reading my Bible and I read Matthew 28, 19. That's why I like that, cha- that verse so much. Because to me, it was like when God opened it all up, praise the Lord. And uh, I read that, going all the world, baptizing in the name. I said, the name. Of course, Jesus is the name, praise the Lord. And then, you know, uh, Acts four, twelve. There's no other name given under heaven whereby we must be saved than the name of Jesus. Praise the Lord. It's all in the name of Jesus. Everything's in the name of Jesus. The Lord said, everything you do, do all in the name of the Lord. Everything in the name of Jesus. Folks, there's so much power in the name of Jesus. We cast out devils in the name of Jesus. All of that. Praise God is all right there uh, in the scriptures. And so I, I, I came to a realization the name of Jesus was what it was all about. And that's what Jesus was telling those disciples go into all the world baptizing in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Ghost. But they didn't baptize in titles, they baptized in the name of Jesus. Those disciples did that. So they obeyed. My question was, did they disobey Jesus? No. They obeyed him to the fullest. Hallelujah. Amen. So what are you saying, Brother Myers? I'm saying, folks, when it comes to salvation, just nail it down. Praise the Lord. How do you, should I be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ? You know, this way, that way. that. Just nail it I'm going to nail an open down here. Amen. I'm, I'm feeling good about this now. <laughs> Praise God. Okay, I'm going to nail something else down here. Let's nail down repentance and Jesus' name, baptism. I'm only kidding. (laughs) Praise the Lord. All right. Now, let me just mention something else here. The Bible says in Acts chapter 2 and verse uh, 38, it also says, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. For this promise is unto you and your children to them that are far off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. What is the Holy Ghost? What is all of that? That was all promised back in the Old Testament. Go to Isaiah 28, 11. I want to read the 11th and 12th verses to you. Isaiah uh, Isaiah 28, 11. And uh, all right. This is where it was prophesied over there. And I'm going to show you something here. For with stammering lips and another tongue will he speak to this people. This is what Isaiah was saying about the Jewish people. For with stammering lips and another tongue will he speak to this people. Go to verse 12. To whom he said, this is the rest wherewith you may cause the weary to rest. And this is the refreshing, yet they would not hear. And so here is a promise of the coming of the Holy Ghost. God will be speaking to them with stammering lips and other tongues, that's speaking in tongues. Now go back to verse eleven. Thank you, folks. I appreciate what you're doing there for me. Go back to verse eleven here. For with stammering lips and another tongue will he speak to this people. One guy said to me, Brother Myers, this is talking about the Babylonians coming. And they would speak in stammering lips and another tongue to these people. They were uh they were going to be talking, they were coming to them and they were talking a different language. This is what that's referring to. And then I said, and I quoted the next verse, look at the next verse. And I said, they were saying to them, to whom he said, this is the rest wherewith ye may cause the weary to rest. They were they going to capture these the Babylonians, Are going to capture them and take them slaves and take them over into Babylon. And they were saying to them, come with us. This is the rest wherewith the weary shall rest. And this, and this is the refreshing. Yet they were not here. You know, is that what does that mean? No. So the guy was, he, he was wrong. This is a prophecy here of the baptism of the Holy Ghost when it would be poured out. Look in Mark 16, uh, 16, I think it's verse 17. Look in Mark 16, verse 17 here. This is where the Lord's talking about uh, believers. He says, and these signs shall follow them that believe. Had a guy tell me one time, he said, all you gotta do, brother Myers, just believe on the Lord, Jesus Christ, and you're saved, just believe. And I and I said fine. I said uh, there's a verse in chapter 19 of the book of Acts where Paul found some people like that, and he said, "Have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed?" And they said, "No, we don't know anything about it." I said, "So I'm asking you, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed?" And he said, "Well, I don't believe everybody has to receive the Holy Ghost." I said, "Tell me, does anybody in your church have the Holy Ghost speaking in tongues? Do they? Does anybody?" And he said, "Well, no." I said, "Well, the Bible says these signs shall follow them will believe. If you say that some do and some don't, there's got to be some that do, you know. But there never is usually. I know there's some churches they say we anybody that speaks in tongues, the ushers will see you out the door. <laughs> That's right. I'm not giving you an old stories here. Yet it's in the Bible." These signs shall follow them that believe in my name. Shall they cast out devils? They shall speak with new tongues. Amen. Praise the Lord. Somebody says, oh, that means that they'll not curse anymore. They'll just talk nice words. I said, no, 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 no. Because it's fulfilled in Acts chapter 2 and verse 1. Look at look at Acts chapter 2. Let's go to Acts 2 and verse 1. Let me read the first four verses to you here. Praise the Lord. Acts 2 and, and uh, 1 through 4. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. Second verse. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. Look at the third verse. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire, and it sat upon each of them. These were things that happened to them at that time. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. The word Holy Ghost means Holy Spirit. The word ghost is an old English word for spirit, same thing and they were all filled with the holy spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the spirit of god gave them utterance the word uh, here tongues is glossolalia other tongues is glossolalia uh, this is a, the greek that's the greek word that's used it means language simply means language when it says other tongues it means another language and so I began to speak with another language as the Spirit gave them utterance. So here on the day of Pentecost, the 120 who were in the upper room praying and seeking God, all of a sudden they were baptized with the Holy Ghost, praise the Lord, and began to speak in other tongues. And this is carried all the way through the scriptures in, in, in 1046. Look in Acts chapter 10, verse 46. This happened to Cornelius and in his, in his household. And uh, Peter was preaching to them, for they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. Then answered Peter, and he goes on to say, Can any man forbid water that he should be baptized as well as we? And then he baptized them all in Jesus' name in the 48th verse. And then you go to Acts 19, uh, 5. Uh, this is where Paul found those disciples of John in, at, at Ephesus. And when they heard this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. This is the baptism in water. And then in the sixth verse, the next verse, And when Paul had laid his hands on them, the Holy Ghost came on them, and they spake with tongues and prophesied. So what I'm trying to, and the word prophecy doesn't mean they were foretelling the future. Prophecy means they were praising God and worshiping the Lord. They were just declaring God with a lot of exuberance. That's what prophecy in that sense means. Now, the reason I'm telling you all of that, folks, these things you just nail down. This is what I believe. This is the way it is. Praise the Lord. You know, you're not, you know, a double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. So you say, I know what I must do to be saved because it is in the word. Hallelujah. It's in the book. Praise the Lord! I read you that verse a while ago in Mark 16:17. You know it says, "These signs shall follow them that believe." The previous verse says that he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. Some people say all you got to do is believe. I said the Bible says he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. It doesn't say, you know. You're saying he that believeth and is not baptized shall be saved. But the Bible says he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. Here it is. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. But he that believeth not is damned. Amen. Because if you don't believe, baptism is nothing more than just getting wet. So let's nail down. Let's nail it down. Can we nail that one down? All right. Holy Ghost speaking in tongues Nail it down, I believe it It's settled in my heart, praise the Lord And that, that does it Let me talk to you about something else here uh, We got, oh we're moving along real good here uh, Let me mention something else to you here Holiness Without holiness no man shall see the Lord Praise the Lord Look in uh, Hebrews 12.14 with us Would you? Hebrews 12.14 I'll move very quickly here with these And then we're going to wrap this up Hebrews 12, 14. Follow peace with all men and holiness, without which no man shall see the Lord. No man will see the Lord without holiness. Praise the Lord. Holiness is essential. I'm tying that in with the scripture in Psalms, and this is found more than one place in Psalms, but I'm just reading the one. Psalms 29 two, Give unto the Lord the glory due unto his name Worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness Holiness folks is clean living Holiness is spelled out in detail in a lot of things in the word There are holiness standards that women should live by I won't go into detail on that tonight We don't have the time for it But there are holiness things that we do How women dress because You know women have to look godly and not look like a a floozy you know there's out here you know i'm not going to go any further with that but you know what i'm talking about men brethren men we have to be holy in our in our lives and everything we do and even in the way we dress the way there's a lot of stuff going on now with some of these young people and the, the way they dress the young guys I mean, I think sometimes I look at them, I'm embarrassed by the way they dress. So I'm just saying that there is a right way to do these things. And you know what? We should do that. Follow holiness with all men. Praise the Lord. We should be holy in all. The Bible says, God said in one place, be ye holy for I am holy. The Lord requires of us to be holy. Without holiness, no man shall see the Lord if we're not a holy people. We have to be clean. We have to be godly. We have to be, you know, we have to live for God. Don't be, don't be a swearer. Don't curse and do filthy stuff like that. Don't go and look at garbage and uh, guys. Don't go looking at porno. I mean, shut. I mean, I've said it before. If you if you got a trouble with that, you watching stuff on your television or your computer, what it is? Take your best shotgun and take that thing out in the backyard and shoot it, and just destroy it, and say, "I am just getting rid of this stuff out of my life." I know that's not you know where it all, but you just do something. Praise the Lord to say, "I'm getting rid of this stuff." Praise the Lord. If if porno is a problem in your life uh, with the Computer or TV never look at it again. Leave it alone. Just say that's it I don't think there's anything on TV, but I mean if there is I'm I'm just saying here These are things that we have to say. I'm not gonna do that. I'm gonna live for God I'm gonna serve the Lord praise the Lord because I want to be a holy man and a holy woman to serve the Lord Praise God so with holiness and I could go on and on and I'm not going to because our time is limited But let's nail down holiness Amen. I don't wishy-washy. I'm not going to be wishy-washy in my life about holiness. There's some places I just don't go. There's some places I just don't go. And God's hand is on us when we are holy. There's some things I just don't say. There's some things I just don't do. There's some clothes I just don't wear. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I don't know, This is, I'm not, well, I don't want to get into detail because I'm, I'll let your pastor deal with any of these, these detailed things. But there are certain things you just say, Lord, this is what I am. This is the way I live and I'm going to walk with you and I'm going to serve you and I'm going to live for your God. Praise the Lord. And you nail it down in your life and you say, Lord, I want to be a holy man or woman to walk with you and to serve you. Praise God. Hallelujah. Blessed be the name of Jesus. Can I mention another one here to you? church attendance, church attendance, praise the Lord, now look at Hebrews 10, you're right there, you were in Hebrews 11, go to Hebrews 10, 25, just back it up, a couple of verses there, a couple of chapters I mean, 10, 25, let me read it to you, most of you know it by heart, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, look at that, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves. It says in the the 24th verse, let us consider one another to provoke unto love and good works. Then it says 25, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together. That's what we're doing here. We're assembled together. I'm going to go a little further with this. It says, not the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is. Because even in Paul's writings back then, there were some people that had quit going to church. And here's what Paul said, as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another. And so much the more as we see the day approaching. And as we see the, the end of this, this era of time, of the church age, and the coming of the Lord being near at hand, and sin on the rampage as it is. How much more so should we be found in the house of God, living for God, serving the Lord, and walking with him? Can I have you go to Romans chapter 10 with me and look at verse 13? Romans 10:13? Let me uh, have you look at this verse of scripture with us. Now, here church is so important, folks. I'm reading here verse 10:13, uh, and then I'm going to jump down here to 17 in a moment. But here it says in 10:13. It says, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? All right. Now, look down in 17. I'm just saving time here. So then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So when we go to church, the preacher preaches the word of God and we hear that and faith comes by hearing it doesn't say seeing it says hearing so faith comes by hearing And when i hear the preaching of the word or the teaching of the word my faith is made stronger that's why i have to go to church and if you will purpose in your heart god i'm going to be in every service you know i'm going to be there every time praise the lord i don't care what comes or goes Sister Myers and I for years her her parents used to come down spend the winter in Florida they spent nine months up in Massachusetts and three months down in Florida in the winter time and they would always arrive on Sunday and that's about the way they figured it I guess and it was always either in the morning when we were fixing to go to church or in the evening when we were fixing to go to church. And we purposed a long time ago, they were not saved at that time. We purposed a long time ago that what we would do is simply say to them, you know, here's the house, make yourself comfortable, refrigerator, relax, anything you want to eat, help yourself, we're on our way to church. Now, company, some, I mean, if you live in Florida, sometimes company just sort of shows up at your doorstep sometimes. They're just, here we are, you know, we have come to see you, especially around January, February, March, something like that, you know. And I don't know if it's as bad now as it used to be, but they used to do things like this. And people just show up, you know, relatives or whatever. We're here, how long are we going to be here for maybe a couple of weeks? a week a while or something you know we will just we're gonna be in disney world a while but we'll be back and we'll be over here a while and we'll be back you know and all that kind of stuff so you have to sort of feel like you've got to be sort of halfway entertaining them but you make up your mind look help yourself but we're going to be in church come wednesday night we're in church Come Sunday morning, we're in church. Come Sunday night, we're in church. Don't you all go to church a lot? Yeah, but we enjoy it, praise the Lord, because our faith is made strong. And folks, when you go to church a lot, praise the Lord, you don't backslide in church. You know where people lose out with God? They lose out at social things, parties. You know, John the Baptist lost his head at a birthday party. He didn't lose his head in a church service. Are you with me? You know what I'm talking about. John the Baptist lost his head at a birthday party. I mean, there's social things that you can get crosswise. But in the house of God, that's where God can bless us, where he can speak to us, he can talk to us. Praise the Lord so you make up your mind. I'm going to go to church every time the church doors are open. I know that there are occasions. You just believe me, the pastor would be here tonight, but the doctor says no. He said, all right, all right, I'm going to follow orders. So he's not here tonight and everything, but he's under doctor's orders not to be here tonight. But I'm just saying here to you, make up your mind I'm going to be in church every service. And you'll be amazed at how spiritually strong you will be and become. And so we nail it down. Everybody still with me? Nail it down. Praise God. I'm going to be in church every time the church doors are open. Hallelujah. I'll be there. Hallelujah. Praise God. They can't get rid of me. Now, I'm going to close with this one. Have a personal devotion. Develop that, folks. And nobody can, nobody sees you, nobody knows that you do or don't, but develop a personal devotion time with God, a time that you pray and a time that you read your Bible. When you pray, you talk to God. When you read your Bible, he talks to you. But have a time that you spend with the Lord. You know, we have to have times, you know, for our family. We got to have time with our children. We have to have time with our spouse. We've got to have time for ourselves, with ourselves, just, you know, by ourselves, just a little quiet time. We have to have that. And then we have to have time also with God, in which you just talk to God and you tell him everything you want to tell him. You tell him what's wrong, you tell him what's right. You tell him how much you love him and and some things you haven't figured out yet. You know, you just talk to the Lord. And I'm telling you here today, develop this devotional time, folks. It is a powerful thing in our lives. Uh, most of you folks, I don't know if there's anybody here at all in the church here t- today that would know this person, but there used to be an old preacher by the name of George L. Glass. Anybody, any of the old timers here? Okay, Sister uh, Sister Hall remembers him. Uh, but he was an old preacher out of Louisiana, folks. He was one of the greatest preachers of the 20th century. He died uh, a number of years ago. But he was a fabulous preacher, pastored a great church and uh he was a he was just a, he was a, ex, a good man a good pastor and he said told this story he said a woman came to his church a good a good woman in his church came to his church one day came into his office sat down and said brother glass i just came to tell you that i'm quitting the church he said really she says yeah you know i got my unsaved husband and you know, i come to church and he's always caring on about it and he goes out to the bars, and I don't know where he goes and what he does. And I just come to the conclusion that I just can't go any further. I've just lived for God now. I don't know, for these last, I think it's 10 years, she'd been living for God. I said, I just can't, I just can't go any further. I'm just tired of fighting it. She said, I just came to tell you that if you won't see me anymore. I won't be back. And he said, all right. He said, I hear what you're saying, and I feel bad about it. But he said, I'm not the one you need to tell. You just need to tell God. If, if God says it's all right, it's all right with me. He said, there's a little prayer room right in there. You know where it is. He says, you just go in there and tell God what you told me. And he says, and whatever he says is fine with me. He said that lady went in that prayer room to tell God that she wasn't coming back anymore. And she was in there 10 minutes, 15 minutes. 20 minutes, 30 minutes, 45 minutes. And an hour later, she came out. He said, I knew what had happened. He said, she came out of that prayer room and she came back in the office and she was crying and tears running down her eyes. And she said, Brother Glass, I'm not going anywhere. She says, the Lord loves me and I love him too much. She said, I've had too many private sessions like that just him and me together that I've talked to God and she says I'm not going anywhere and folks I stand here tonight to tell you praise the Lord that Jesus loves us more than we ever realize and all we have to do is just nail some things down and just say Lord I'm going to have a private devotion time nail it down it doesn't have to be you know a time when you can work it in and just say Lord I'm just going to nail it down praise God and one more thing just nail it down and I'm going to have a personal relationship with Jesus and if you will have that folks nothing, a team of mules cannot pull you away from God he's the greatest thing that ever happened to humanity Jesus, come, God coming to this world in the form of Jesus Christ dying on the cross for our sins, praise the Lord and the joy and the spirit of God that we feel in the Holy Ghost when we worship him there's nothing in this world like it would you stand with me together and let's just lift our hands together and let's glorify him praise the lord would you lift your hands with me and let's just worship him let's take just a moment and praise him together jesus we love you lord tonight we thank you god for your great goodness mercy and kindness long suffering. oh god you've been so good to us lord you're so good to us lord you understand everything about us you understand things about us nobody else understands You know everything about us, God, in every way. You know our strengths, our weaknesses. You know our shortcomings, our failures. God, you know everything about us, Lord, and you still love us. And Jesus, we thank you for it and we praise you for it, Lord. We ask you to bless every soul in this congregation here tonight. Make us all strong, Lord, and help us, God, to nail down some loose ends. Oh, God, that we might be solid and strong in faith and in you, Jesus. We glorify you, Lord, with all of our heart, and we praise you, Lord, for your mighty promises, God. For Jesus, you never fail, and we glorify you for it, Jesus. In your precious and wonderful and holy name we pray. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said praise the Lord. God bless you in the name of the Lord. Hallelujah.
0: Praise the Lord, everyone. You can visit us at www.eastwind.church. And our phone number is 321-723-2030. God bless.